Hey, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Welcome to another exciting episode. It's going to be jam-packed full of entertaining and educational information. I was trying to play our theme song, but our internet is just about maxed out. So it doesn't really want to, to play anything for me today. So let me give you a lowdown on what we're going to be going into today. The Outlaw Grinder. That is a new grinder. We're going to talk about that. Every rock tells a story. Uh, there was a sperm well found as a result of an alligator attack. We've got poop in the fossil news or copolite about the moa bird, the giant birds. Have you ever heard of aquaphrase? Well, we're going to talk about that. How about malachite? You like malachite? We're going to talk about malachite. We're also going to look at uh, the largest brand new discovered Australian dinosaur. Guess what? Megalodon? Bigger than you might have thought. They found new information that leads them to believe it's much larger. We've got a tribute to the Scottish geology. And it just doesn't look like my theme song, our theme song, wants to play. It hates our guts, but it's trying. Um, so we're going to do that. Um, what about casting gemstones in the jewelry, but not set? Casting, literally casting them. We're going to talk about that. Crystal quartz turtles, volcanic eruptions in the Congo, hard to find gold and silver, and so much more, guys. So stay tuned as we get into all of that. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the channel. Uh, I think we're like 115 episodes or so. We're getting close to 50 countries around the world. We appreciate you liking, uh, subscribing, and um, making comments, man. It really helps. Um, our membership has been growing kind of slow. I wish it would grow a little quicker, um, but we have some real dedicated subscribers that listen all the time, and we appreciate that. We've also can be found at RadicalRocks.com. You can join our social media. We've got thousands and thousands of members around the world on all sorts of different social media. Um, we've got YouTube channel. We've got, uh, I don't know, almost five, I think we have over 500, almost 600 subscribers over there. So that's actually been picking up much quicker than the podcast. But uh, come check it out. So, all right, guys, um, theme song is refusing to play, so we are going to move right into it. The new dinosaur species is Australia's largest, according to researchers. At nytimes.com, the article is there, Australia uh, Coper Incisis, a long-necked herbivore, from the Creaceous period, estimated to weigh some 70 tons, two stories tall, and the length of a basketball court. This huge creature once roamed the earth in Australia. The article is written by Jennifer Jett on June 7th, and they talk about the couple that were riding motorcycles in about 2006 on a vast sheep and cattle farm in the outback, and they saw a pile of what looked like black rocks. But, looking at them closer, these things look like dinosaur bones. With the help of paleontologists and a new study, they found that they belonged to a new species of dinosaur 
that's the largest ever found in Australia and one of the largest in the world. So pretty amazing. They nicknamed him Cooper after a creek near the fossil site. It was a long-necked plant-eating uh, Titanosaurus estimated to live uh, many, many millions of years ago in the Creaceous period. A lot like uh, Brontosaurus, the Titanosaurus was part of a group called Seropods, which is the largest of dinosaurs, some 70 tons. They've got some castings of the bones there. Quite impressive. Um, Australia is now in the countries that uh, can brag of having some of the big boys and the big league dinosaurs in them. Pretty exciting. Um, congratulations to our friends there in Australia. Now, you might be surprised. Megalodon, they're saying, is much bigger than previously thought after uh, accidental discovery. So already the Megalodon is said to be some 60 feet long. Um, Seeing Martin wrote about the Megalodon. It was the biggest uh, shark ever to swim the earth. And they are matching up um, this dinosaur with 3D printed replica of the teeth. And due to finding the whole mouth uh, and teeth and the size of the teeth uh, because of some newly uh, donations that were given to this group of scientists, Dr. Perez said, I was going around checking, like, did I use the long, the wrong equation? Did I forget to equate my units? But what he found out was that this shark, the teeth, the rows of it, um, also helped dictate the size, not just the size of the teeth. So in retrospect, this shark could have been well over 100 feet. I believe they say here... Um, up to 142 feet, I believe, somewhere in this article. Um, they found the shark's jaw to be proportional to the body length, um, didn't match the prior equations. They had 11 sets of fossil teeth from various species, including the great white, the closest relative of the megalodon. And uh, this led them to believe that this monster was, I believe, some 142, up to 142 feet long. But I can't seem to find the exact spot in the article, but that's what I recall reading. So anyway, definitely over 100 feet, just a monster of a, of a machine-eating terror swimming through the ocean, eating dolphins like, uh, like jelly bellies, uh, popping them in one by one like they're nothing. Pretty impressive. All right, next on our exciting journey here. Sublet County Rockhounds setting the show stage. Um, this is from Rock and Jim. They're just highlighting the Sublet County Rockhounds group here. You can look that up. Um, it's in the Wyoming, it's going to be part of the Wyoming State and Mineral Gym Society. And they're a very quickly growing um, gym and mineral club. You can look them up at the American Federation of Mineralogical Society. And uh, you can also find out about the Rocky Mountain Federation of Mineralogical Societies by looking that up. Their show is going to be June the 18th through the 20th. 
Um, it says here, this is their annual show. It'll be Friday and Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 9 to 4. <clears throat> It'll be at the Sublet County Fairgrounds. And $2 adults, children under 12, free when accompanied by adult. And uh, you can look that up at amfed.org or um, a couple other websites, which I can't really read there. So check that out if you're in the area. Next, a volcanic explosion, um, a volcanic eruption, which really is like an explosion in the Congo. Uh, this came out on the 4th. It's also in rockandjim.com, um, written by Jim Brace Thompson. They talk about this eruption near a city that is populated by almost 2 million people in the Dominic Republic of Congo. Um, the reason it's newsworthy is there's no previous reports that even warned of such a dangerous event. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty pretty vicious. They used to have funding, but they don't have funding anymore. They blame the coronavirus um, for stealing that funding. No warning whatsoever. 32 people killed, 500 homes destroyed, and 5,000 people fleeing the area in a haphazard manner with 170 children missing. Missing children apparently fled uh, the advancing lava flow while their parents were working away from home. The death toll is expected to rise. Wow, this is sad. We need to say a prayer for those poor people. I mean, they were already poor. This is not a good situation. Uh, deadly lava flow plowed, burned, and flattened all in its path. The same volcanic uh, volcano killed hundreds of people during a similar eruption, I guess, in 2002. So it's not like it was uh, totally dormant. Um, wow. Just a, a violent... Um, a violent volcano eruption. Yeah, I tend to think we're going to have a lot more of those. Um, here's another interesting article. It's called the 10 Best Amulet Crystal Quartz Turtles for 2021. The title caught my eye. Um, it's at bestgamingpro.com. And um, there's a first amulet is just one of those kind of handmade little pointed crystals with a little wire through the end, and then um, kind of a die cast, or maybe even a silver little turtle attached to it like a charm. And I thought, ugh, you know, how boring. But then as I looked down, they actually have some carved turtles too um, that are pretty cool. And of course, they're, um, they're claiming, or they're talking about the, you know, the, um, oh, you know, the the healing properties and and all that stuff, but they are cute and they're pretty. They're quite popular. They've got one that's a gr they call it a green point quartz, but to me it looks like uh, it doesn't look like a quartz. It looks like uh, that that Chinese jade that you sometimes see, but they're saying it's a green quartz. They've got it. They've got turtles carved in rose quartz, crystal quartz, um, amethyst crystal. They got an amethyst crystal tree. All kinds of neat things here. They talk about you know, all the magical powers that you'll get from these uh, magical rocks. If you're into that stuff, it's all listed for you there. And that is at bestgamingpro.com. So you can check that out if you want. Um, another fossil discovery is ancient poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, ancient giant moa birds. What did they eat? 
Well, that's what the poop's good for. It's uh, Z-M-E-S, uh, excuse me, Z-M-E-Science.com. Z-M-E-Science.com. You can see it. Uh, Fossil Friday, Ancient Poop offers insight into what the ancient giant Mo birds ate, Alexandra Micro, and that was on June the 4th. Now, they found this um, poop, and they started looking at it, and they found out what they ate. Interestingly, these birds were quite big. Um, they were um, at least, uh, it says, at least a couple feet tall, um, or three feet tall, and they weighed like 141 pounds. What a beast of a bird. Yeah, and I don't even know how it could only be three foot tall. Maybe they've got the measurements wrong. This bird was in New Zealand. Um, very heavy-footed moa. Uh, this bird, they found three species that are related to this bird today. This bird, though, the prehistoric fossilized one where they found the poop, um, didn't eat seeds like most of its modern-day cousins. It ate um, a lot of trees and shrubs and ferns. It ate ferns and fern tips, and that's what they found was the spores of these ferns, which uh, is kind of cool. And these uh, birds were... Um, you know, key in fertilizing the fern and getting the seeds moved all over the place. And um, there you go. Learning what the birds ate from copalite. <coughs> Excuse me. Got a little cough here. Get a little coffee. All right. Every rock tells a story, doesn't it? At the wire.in. You can see this article, Every Rock Tells a Story. There's an interesting pile of rocks with some uh, city in the background there. And uh, C.P. Rajendran wrote the article. He says, A society to save the rocks was formed by a group of artists, photographers, and environmentals in Haridabad, which is probably India, I'm guessing. It has been doing a great service by working to save the city's surrounding unique rocky landscapes against real estate forces. The society is composed of uh, artists, photo, uh, photographers, environmentalists, celebrates its 25th year. And they show some of these beautiful rock um, that just are in these piles sitting there. And it made me think, you know, every rock does tell a story. Um, the ones that are in place that we don't collect, we just enjoy for the the beauty that they have and and can serve to have for uh, you know many many generations to come as long as the earth is here, as long as we're on the earth, um, we can enjoy some of these things like you think about Arizona, the beautiful structures, we think about the Grand Canyon, we think about you know beautiful waterfalls and cliffs of Dover and um, the, the Red Rock in Australia, and I mean, there's just so many landmark um, structures that, of rock that we can think of uh, around the globe, and if I forgot your country, I apologize, but also, you know, just that rock that you pick up when you're walking down the road and you look at, and uh, it just tells a story, and sometimes you don't know what the story is, but you just have to take it home, and it uh, doesn't have to be a gemstone, it can just be a regular rock or whatever, but uh, it's always nice to uh, have that piece out 
that uh, maybe props the door open or just has a special place in the garden or maybe the rock that we turned into uh, a beautiful showpiece or uh, just a specimen that we have that we're drawn to so closely. So it can be any of these things, but there's a story in those that uh, we really enjoy. All right, uh, here's an interesting story. Now, someone, uh, as a result of an alligator attack, found the rare sperm whale fossil. It was found during the search for a GoPro from an alligator attack. You can go to NBC-2.com. Alex Howard wrote this on June the 7th, and they've got a picture of this fossil here. Um, he was attacked by a uh, alligator apparently lost the GoPro and came back later hoping to find the GoPro but uh and the moment that was uh captured about the alligator and found this uh this this fossil out here um no one ever suspected that the he would pull out this whale tooth very amazing there's pictures of it here if you want to check it out and read about the story more um, I believe this was in Florida, so pretty cool story. Next, we have Diamonds in the Rough, the Rise of Cast Not Set Jewelry. Now, I might have talked about this before. I don't know. It sounds familiar, but uh, the article's on FT.com. It's Financial Times. Um, you can look that up, Diamonds in the Rough. The rise in uh, cast but not set jewelry. So typically when you have jewelry, you create the mount for it um, or you cast something for it and then set the jewelry. Now the way they're doing this is they're literally dropping these stones in the hot melted gold or metals. So that's a lot of heat. Um, and then uh, they might grind it out from that point. Um, it is made and they're, they're, uh, they're not faceted gems in most cases. They do have some that are molted gold that are set, um, without, uh, that are faceted and there's some that are not. And it, it really is an amazing look. Um, when you look at it, you see these beautiful gemstones poking out of it. Um, a lot of them are faceted, but some of them are not really totally faceted. Now, the thing about this is these gems have to be of the highest quality. Um, these pieces sell for fifty to $60,000 because if they have any um, imperfections in them or hollow spots, they could crack when they put them in this hot casting. It says... Uh, the technique of casting gemstones straight into 18 karat gold... There's multiple ways I go about it, she explains, of the cast-not-set method. One way is we just pour the stones in with the molted gold and they jumble all around in the casting process. So you'll have stones that are half poking out and others that are trapped inside the gold that you may never see. The colorful confetti rings are made this way and so are the safety pin earrings. The melage of stones peeking out from the gold. It's amazing. And it goes on. Uh, to talk about some of these other methods. They have one here that's called the Polywell's 18 gold, uh, carat gold, and sapphire Cecil Paddock. It's $11,000. It looks like a ring, and it's like a spurt of gold came out, like a spray, 
And the gemstones just are held in there by the blurps of gold. It's really cool. Um, the other gold looks like you're digging in a gold vein and these gemstones are just peeking out of the corners of that vein, winking at you. Um, pretty, pretty amazing um, artistic qualities here that you can look at. If you want to look that up again, it's ft.com. Diamonds in the Rough, the, rising, the Rise of Cast Not Set Jewelry. How about a tribute to our friends in Scotland? Galleries travel through time with this show inspired by Scottish geology by Janet Patience. Um, it's found at heraldscotland.com. Heraldscotland.com. Um, it was written on June the 7th, and you see a picture here of what looks like some stone furniture that is quite unusual. This article goes into some detail about this house that's decorated in the Scottish. Uh, stones. It says his houses go, this house, Mount uh, Stuart, on the island of Butte is a Druzy, a lavish neo-Gothic brooch of a building which sits overlooking the Firth of Clyde, almost 300 acres of garden in its red sandstone exterior, presenting a visual spectacle in its own right. Before you step inside, this 80-foot high... Uh, uh, tall hallway. It's inlaid with over 20 types of marble. When you look at the vaulted ceiling, you'll see a map of stars inlaid with crystals, the sign of the zodiac, um, and all sorts of other things. Then also, <coughs> it took some 20 years to complete this um, refurbishment, which followed a fire. There's 117 rooms in this beast. Uh, quite beautiful. They go in to talk about a few more gemstones and stuff that are in here in this house, if I can find it without having to read the whole thing. But uh, it's quite an amazing house and a tribute to the geology of our friends in Scotland. It says they have a, uh, she has libraries, which are, are books, etched books, which are actually mica. Um, you know, Micah grows in uh, these like pages and somewhat clear. So she has these books in her library called the Hal Spirin's Library consists of these etched books. So you can see there's rock theme, a mineral theme all through this. Um, pretty cool. Might want to check that out, especially if you are in um, Scotland. Okay, we read about the Megalodon. Um, how about a mineral called aquaphrase? Now, I think we've talked about this. This is kind of a branded um, gemstone. Lee Vivian donates 21st century's first gem discovery to American Museum of Natural History at instoremag.com. And uh, it's just a press release about this gemstone at the museum at the Gem and Mineral Hall as it reopens on June the 12th. This is a beautiful stone here. Um, it says, uh, Lee Vivian Peacock Aqua Phrase Contour Necklace and Ring and Rough Gemstone donated by Lee Vivian to American Museum of Natural History for their June 12th opening. Beautiful, beautiful. The gemstone... Um, was first discovered in the 21st century, so that's brand new. 
um, in 2013 by a gym explorer and friend, uh, Yanni Nin Mills, in only one location in Africa. Um, they were discovering a previously undiscovered deposit of blue-green chalcedony. Recognizing something special and different about the stone, they submitted samples to several gym labs. Uh, they'd never seen this type of chalcedony before with a unique combination of green and blue hues reminiscent of waves crashing on a beach. Very high quality aqua phrase uh, in existence. The most beautiful colors and patterns are hand-selected um, for this Lavivian's trademark um, aqua phrase, peacock aqua phrase, works of art. And uh, you will now be able to see it there uh, at the museum, if you would like. All right? Um, 400 million year old trident shaped fish fossil discovered in the Yunnan province. Uh, this was published on June the 2nd by GlobalTimes.cn. It's a 400 million year old creature. Kind of looks like uh, really uh, a rock guitar to me. It's shaped like a flying V guitar, if you're familiar with that. Um, this fish uh, is a type of ancient fish with a, a distinct trident look. Um, discovered in China's ancient fish kingdom, southwest China's Yunnan province. It is a rare creature with the head is three prominent portions and the creature's mouth is extremely extended so that it looks like a trident. Um, this is a type of armored fish uh, that had a special shaped body and due to its diversity there are three subtypes that are also known. One is in Vietnam, sounds like the others are in China. And uh, they're researching this and learning about it day by day. This is a beautiful fossil. You can see this at globaltimes.cn. And a uh, very old aquatic creature, a very primitive fish, they say, that lived uh, many, many years ago. All right. Ex let's see. We'll do the gold and silver last. Let's talk about Malachi. Uh-oh. Seems like it doesn't want to show me. Okay. HowStuffWorks.com. HowStuffWorks.com under Malachite is a gorgeous green gemstone that Cleopatra wore by Carrie Whitney, Ph.D., written on June the 3rd. They've got a beautiful picture of Bitrudal Mal uh, Malachite here in its natural form. And then they've got a slice cut open so you can see how beautiful it is and how it would make such wonderful jewelry. It's favored because of its vibrant green color and swirling patterns. Um, they have a picture here from China, Malcadney, uh, Mal, uh, boy, I can't even think, <laughs> Malachite uh, Chrysocolla from the West Mine in Colwitz Mining District in the Republic of Congo. That is some of the best malachite that comes out of the Congo right now that you can find. Um, still available, getting very expensive though. Um, green is a very calming color that uh, people love. It is a brilliant green mineral. Malachite has been linked to many concepts such as ancient Egyptians refer to the underworld as the world of a field of malachite. Copper, Carbonite hydroxide, uh, hydroxide malachite is essentially a form of copper rust um, and it is a rust that has been cherished for many millenniums.
the color just jumps out at you. You can see some jewelry that's made with this. What is malachite? Um, from above copper deposits, it uh, forms. Uh, people prospect for copper, they often find this with other types of copper species. It runs about 3.4 to 4 on the hardness scale. Um, of course, that's not super hard, um, but malachite is porous and sensitive to heat. It's less durable than many other gemstones, but malachite is very ornamental. Um, it's something you don't want to work, wear to work or anything like that. Um, it doesn't have the twinkle factor, but it's a very vivid, bold green. Patterns are highly desired, and the patterns um, determine its vo uh, value. Malachite, uh, in its boitroidal, grape-like shapes, as well as stalactites uh, found in caves, is usually found in limestone. Early deposits came from Israel, Egypt, of course, Arizona, but today it's found all over. The Dominican Republic of Congo has massive deposits as big as three foot long stalactites. Um, Gabon, Nambia, and other countries in Africa are known for their malachite, as are Arizona and Australia. The Ural Mountains in Russia also have some impressive malachite uh, specimens that have been mined. Now, what has it been used for? Well, um, fertility rites in the early days of ancient uh, Israel. Uh, eye amulets worn or sewn to clothing uh, to be all seen and protective were supposed to help with child uh, birth. Uh, also, malachite can be ground and used in, as a pigment for makeups, paints. Uh, it's also used as an antimicrobial, anti antifungal properties. Uh, Cleopatra used it for eyeshadow, which helped prevent eye infections. And uh, uh, other people put it on the wounds of soldiers. Modern malachite uh, is used for decorative surfaces. Um, it reached its apex maybe in the 19th century with the Malachite Room in the Winter Palace at St. Petersburg, Russia. You can look up pictures there. There's also a famed Fabergé Imperial Easter Egg made of uh, lots of Malachite. Today it's used for carving, inlay work. It's very soft um, and uh, it's it's not ideal for areas that are going to get bumped or hit. Um, it can be used as beads or pennants. It can be used uh, as a face watch if it is protected by glass. That helps. It is a character character mineral. No two are going to look exactly alike. You can buy a four pair uh, four carat piece for as little as ten dollars. It says here, or go on up to probably whatever you want to spend depending on the piece. Um, is malachite um, toxic? Well, when you're cutting malachite, uh, you need to probably wear masks if it's dry um, because that particles in the dust can be uh, toxic and um, it, it can be very bad. But you want to keep it wet when you cut it and use the softer grit um, stones and, and grinding wheels for that because it will cut very quickly. It's very soft. All right, now in conclusion, I believe conclusion, unless something else pops up, we've got Exploring Legendary Hard-to-Find Gold and Silver. It's in the Rock and Gem magazine. Um, they email me uh, once or twice a month with uh, some articles. There's no charge for that. It's written by Bob Jones. Our friend Bob Jones over there writes a lot of great articles for Rock and Gem. Uh, it came out on June the 8th. 
and um, you can look that up. You can subscribe to their newsletter and get that. But it says, you know, basically there's a lot of gold compounds, um, and some of these are collector, uh, collectible, uh, selvanite and um, calvierite. So you can collect that. Uh, other uh, specimens of of uh, gold ore, as it were, can contain lead, gold, uh, antimony, sulfite, petzite, uh, tellurite, and uh, kenurite. Meanwhile, uh, gold and silver trillulite, which is so rare, um, Bob has only seen it in photographs. Now, on the other hand, silver forms a lot of mineral compounds uh, with copper, arsenic, sulfur, and other elements. And silver can be found in, quali in quantity in many of the world's great silver deposits. Um, it's uh, going to be probably easier to find silver specimens around old mines than gold. And uh, you can buy specimens from some of these key mines. Uh, you can see silver specimens in museums and such. I had a video I showed have showed a few of my silver specimens. Uh, I got to go down in a beautiful silver mine, the Lucky Friday mine, uh, here in Idaho. One of the, I think it's the third largest silver mine in the world, I believe, or maybe, uh, yeah, maybe in the world, I forget, but they do produce a lot of silver. And also, uh, <clears throat> you've got a few uncommon gold and silver minerals that are worth collecting. Um, there's a lot of stories behind them. One gold compound found in a rich gold-producing area of Australia was thought to be fool's gold, so it was tossed into dumps, used as road fill and such. And uh, when they figured out that that fool's gold was actually real gold, um, they dug up the roads. And uh, some of the places where some of this uh, went, it said, was Colorado dug up the million-dollar highway between Uray uh, and Silverton in the San Juan Mountains and so named because the road gravel was hauled away from nearby silver and gold mine dumps. Now, Romania is an area that uh, you might not think of when it comes to gold, but this gold uh, telluride from Romania is beautiful. It's uh, blue, looks like lapis, and has gold uh, swirled all over it. And uh, it comes originally from Transylvania, the Baisa-free region of Romania. They've been producing gold um, species since before the Romans invaded the area. The gold was the largest gold deposit in Europe, uh, produced not only by fine crystallized gold, but also some of the finest rare gold and silver trilluride specimens known like Nadjeja, can't even say that. Nadjegite, it's spelled N-A-G-Y-A-G-I-T-E. Nadjegite, uh, petzite, uh, cleverite, salvanite, and others. And since the gold deposits in Romania have been a great source for these special specimens that I was telling you about, the blue with the gold swirls all over it. Um, it's known locally for this element, tellus, and earth is what tellurinium means. So it's a Latin, and tellurinium is one of the few natural elements that will combine with gold and sometimes silver to form such a rare mineral compounds as petzite, uh, calvarite, 
and the Nijengeit and Sylvanite. Sylvanite. So what it does is it crystallizes, but crystals are rare. They tend to be small and dark gray, clustered in the matrix. They are encountered in Romania in shallow, low-temperature hydrothermal deposits with other rare gold specimens. And Bob says he has only handled one or two of these specimens, and fortunate he is now to own one that he traded uh, from a private collection long ago. I imagine these specimens are probably very, very pricey. Now, Australia produced uh, quantities of this calvarite, which was a unidentified gold mineral because it looks like fool's gold. They tossed it aside, so the road was dug up to recover the yellow metal. And uh, the streets are fine now, so you don't have anything to worry about. Cripple Creek claims to fame. Um, they also have some examples of this calaverite with native gold, um, which is an unknown black mineral found at Cripple Creek, Colorado. Um, this mine was dis uh, mined uh, 1800s into the 1890s when Cripple Creek became the last gold strike in Colorado. Um, became very rich. Um, Pikes Peak Western Slopes is one of the areas where these fine specimens were found. And you can see a picture of them here on this article. Some rare, rare gold specimens. Very, very beautiful. Something uh, worth looking at and seeing. They've got some pictures here of people mining here at Cripple Creek underground. And uh, he talks more about uh, the mining here. There's another specimen here. Uh, gold telluride uh, calvarite with small blisters of pure gold left on the tellurium boil as it as the tellurium boils away so pretty cool you might want to check this out if you're a real gold connoisseur they've got another one here in bisbee with uh, malachite and silver chlorite um, beautiful rare crystals from bisbee arizona this one looks like it's uh it was either taken a picture was taken by Bob Jones or maybe it is his but it is a beauty with green and some unusual um um metallic um metal um ore deposits on there wow wow silver specimens with this silver chloride and this chlora uh chlora chloragurite silver chloride forms close to the surface of silver deposits when breaks when it breaks down it exposes silver compounds the metal is very soft with a hardness of two very seldom forms crystals found in waxy masses at the beginning opening of a deposit proving a rich ore source initial uh, internally or initially it often is referred to as horn silver and is light sensitive mineral so it really fades from a light yellow to a dark brown to even purple. It can form crystals in small brownish uh, monoclinic form, but these are really rare. As silver ore, it was very important in the early days of mining Tombstone, Arizona, and other deposits, but collector specimens are quite difficult to obtain and are seldom very attractive. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please go to RadicalRocks.com. Share, subscribe, like. 
uh, comment, all that good stuff. Join all our social media. We'd love to have you part of our group, our team, and uh, helping rock hounding stay alive. And with that, remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify.